Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Is everything okay? Yeah, you keeping good? Huh? Fantastic. Um, yeah, it's Thursday, of course. It's the podcast. Thank you for being here. And uh, lovely reception from Glenn Wool's episode last week. What a fella. So thank you for that. Um, what are we going to do this week? It's episode 91. Well, different this week. We're going to do something different. We're going to have two shorter than normal episodes. We're going to release this one today, now obviously. And then we're going to release another one on Sunday. And I'll explain everything as we go along. I'll try and keep this brief. So each year we get on the road and we go to Kendall Calling Festival in the beautiful Lather Deer Park. And we see who's around and we try and record some podcasts. Obviously these things need planning because everybody's on the bill. Sometimes the bands are coming in, they're doing their gig and they're buggering straight off because they've got something else because it's festival season and it's very, very busy. Who was I going to talk to? Well, I looked down the bill. I realised that we were going to be on on Friday. And I saw that Reverend and the Makers were there. Now, I know John a little bit, obviously, because he's been on the podcast before. If you haven't, go back and listen to his episode. It's a cracker. But what was I going to do something different? I didn't want to sit down and talk about music. I wanted to talk about something else. And I'd never met Laura, who is his wife. So I thought, what about if we have a chat, all three of us, together. Anyway, I sent an email to Laura. She said she'd love to. They were going to get there a bit earlier. And originally, we were going to do it live at Tim Peake's Diner with an audience. Now, when we got there to set up, it seems that somebody had made a boo-boo and they double-booked us because Mark Radcliffe and his electric band were setting up. So, because we're mobile, I said to John and Laura, I said, we're not going to do this there because we can't. Let's go and find a beautiful spot and we'll sit down in the grass and we'll record it. And that's what we did. We walked down past the woodlands into the into the lake, by the lake, and uh, we got down to it. So uh, it's lovely. I wanted to talk about, you know, relationships, relationships within the band. And we talk about love and babies. And then Laura told me that this was the first interview that they'd ever done as husband and wife. So I was really chuffed that they came on and did it. And it's a really lovely natter. I think you're going to enjoy it. So this is episode 91 of the Two Shot Podcast with the wonderful John and Laura McClaw. Enjoy. And I'll see you at the end. Smoking, no, of course I don't. Yes, John, I do, actually. Can you not? Really offended. Yeah. Can you just leave? I've got an hour. I'm just coming on at ten past six. That's got to be a good That's got to be like... I mean, I have to have this sometimes. Like, there's your professional lab and there's shit like this. Can you use your microphone, John? This is all gold. This is podcast gold. Aren't you buzzing? You must yeah, be buzzing. I'm interviewing you, but this, you must be buzzing, aren't you? Well, I am, but, like, the thing is, um, it's a bit like with yourselves. I said, right, well, we'll have... 20, 25, 30 minutes because yeah. I was only given 20, 30 minutes for, for Niall yeah. before he went on stage because, yeah. you know, look, he's 
been waiting. around the block a few yeah. times and you know yeah. he needs to look after the hit maker yeah. and go yeah. and give the good times yeah. so I went right I've got to restructure what I normally do because I can't really oh, for God's sake Laura it's so unprofessional Sorry. Laura McClaw is what, what, what? come on should we just listen to this phone call uh, I, I don't know I think he might be separate <laughs> ok I'm sure that was podcast Grant gold for everybody there Mate. He's no. currently got our kids at the caravan, actually. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with John's mum and dad. He's cool Uncle Chris, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's a bit of a dude, so lads, lads love him, so it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. So what I had to do was restructure the podcast, because normally, I, you know, I talk to people about the lives, and we sort of go back and we go through it, and we talk about the ups and downs and the failures, and, you know, we just sort of... But, like, if I started that with Nile Rogers. <laughs> Yeah. And I've got like 20 minutes. We wouldn't even get to primary school. Next, you know what I mean? next Kendall calling, <laughs> wouldn't you? Know what I mean? You know what I, mean? I know, I'd need three hours with him. <laughs> it was funny, we played at Tramlines, and like, I think we're a very good live band, but I, and somebody was saying, somebody tweeted me saying, you were best, and I'm saying, listen, you can be best band in the world, but he's got, he's got better songs than you. He just has, he's got 20 hits. He could just pull out at just any moment. Absolute bangers. It blew my mind, and it, it had every single age group and, and nationality, and yeah. all. It, it was unbelievable. It's just universal, isn't oh, it? It's and all, anyway, we're not here to talk about bloody Nile Rogers. No, but talk about yeah. you two and the fact that this is the—is this really the first time that you've been Ever. interviewed as a first one? Ever? Yeah. How come? Because I don't get that. I thought this would have been quite a selling point. A married couple in a band. Yeah, you should, they should. Really. He's a... got enough to say for two, hasn't he? So, well, that, that, I mean, come on, that is true. I'm just hoping you can pitch up, Laura. And do, you know, do, you know, do you know what gets on my nerves? And this what? is me. I'm not saying this to try and score points with Laura or whatever. You but don't have to impress me, John. It's no, fine. this is this is true. This, and this, I honestly think this. A lot of people in media they think if the girl's not the singer, she don't exist. And we get called the lad band a lot. Do you? All the time, yeah. And I'm thinking, as one of us founder members who's contributed heavily to every record we've ever made and heavily to the sound of the band. Yeah. It's as if she doesn't exist, as if she's like, like, and it's, it's even a lot of girls say it, oh, they're a lad band revving at me because it's like, it's whoa. It's changing though, it's definitely changing. Like, I can even see in our crowd, like, I think women, bef- and this sounds a little bit profound, but before the Me Too movement, I think women generally were nervous of going to like, bouncy aggressive gigs not like ours is aggressive but it's no, like it's not. like jump up and down party yeah and i think women before the me too movement were nervous of and and other movements but were nervous of coming into that situation and opening themselves up almost to being grabbed or and not being able to say anything mm. whereas now like and john always really promotes a really collective all together spirit in a absolutely, gig absolutely yeah. you know what it's like when you go out on a night out it's, it's a lot of girls there it's a better night isn't it it's just a better vibe when, when you go in somewhere and it's a bit cock heavy it's a bit like don't yeah. like always because yeah. lads can just be dickheads yeah i mean look girls can be dickheads as well don't get yeah. me wrong but it's nice to have a mix isn't it yeah <laughs> 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 look, a big mix of dickheads is always a good <laughs> night because yeah. we can all be dickheads at times yeah. and that's all right, but we've yeah. just got to admit it. Yeah. yeah. But have you noticed a change, Laura? Like, f- yeah. from a, from a woman's perspective. Yeah, and like people saying different things. I mean, I've had all sorts said to me, you know, and shouted. It's definitely in the early days a lot of you know, get your rat out and all that from all. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, and you never really get that anymore. Not really. 
not really, very occasionally. I've had girls come up to me saying, like, asking me about John's cock. You have not. Oh, yeah. I, I've I, had I, all you, you did give a glowing review, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I also think you gave me a gl- glowing testimony. Well, you know when you think, like, of a fantastic comeback, like, 20 minutes later? Oh, all the time, yeah, yeah. Welcome to my world, yeah. Yeah, at the time, I, I, I think I just turned around and said, that's the most rude thing anyone's ever asked me to turn really prudy and kind of yeah but yeah I've had all sorts but, said, like, but it doesn't happen so much now that's good that it doesn't happen it's good that there's a change yeah but then still you get people like oh you're in the band you know oh, like, what do you do oh, oh no. you're in the band sorry I didn't realise I just had that yesterday you know it's it's quite yeah it's quite kind of the difficulty is that yeah. Laura was in the band prior to us getting together and he's a big part of what we do but well, we tell, tell me about that how that started the, true, the, the truth Ooh. is that Ooh. Laura and I went out with other people. This is yeah. 14 years ago, the origins of the band. And she got involved because she's a great musician and a great singer and all that. And we went on tour and fell in love, basically. That's not, this is my version of it anyway. And we fell in love and unfortunately we were already with people and that happens, doesn't it? And we, it was all a bit dramatic. We were together and not together. And they used, we used called... to call it Revenders. Because <laughs> like it was so all of dramatic. the band, all of the band. I mean, we Did were. Did they really... all know all the rest of the band, oh, or was yeah. it a secret thing? It was like very Ross and Rachel. You know, will they? Won't they? Oh, was it? Yeah, it was very a... irritating. Johnny and June, in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Eventually, That's a better reference. yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's use a cool reference. Let's not use a, a friend's reference. <laughs> um, but no, listen. It, then fell in love and. Ever since then, we've been together and been amazing. We've got two kids, but people think it's like a kind of one of them where I've got my girlfriend in band or something, and it's it's really rude, really. And it's, it's well, it's condescending. Yeah, mm. it is. And were you ever worried, like at the start, that you getting together and falling in love would affect anything in the working relationship? Because what I'm saying is like maintaining any sort of relationship even like you know me and Griff have a relationship any relationship when you work together what if it blurs the lines of what I'm you do I'm probably overly to be self-critical overly candid with my words to Laura so I speak to her in a more direct way than I might to her anyone else in band and that if that is a negative thing so like no don't do it like that do it like that I say well, you're generally like that, though, aren't no, you? You're like that in the studio, you're like that... Yeah, but you're, not, you're never backwards or coming forwards, John. <laughs> no, but what I mean is, you know, like, you think about the way you talk to your partner is different to the way you talk to your colleagues, Yeah. You? And sometimes, because we are, I forget that we're also colleagues, and it, it can be difficult, but by and large, it's been, it's been, it's been sound. Yeah, I think sometimes it's a bit, probably a bit annoying for John, because I tour manage it as well, um, and I need to ask sort of logistical questions. And you end up, of course, you don't do that in the nine to five hours. No. You're like at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, are you all right with that interview tomorrow at 10? Oh, right. Oh, why do you have to tell me now? You know, so we do have a bit of that. But that's I suppose that's just that's just life, isn't well, that's it? That's just life. And that's just relationships. We were talking about it this morning, though, weren't we? Saying yeah. we're really lucky that like, although it's hard that we both do it, at, it like in the same band, you know, we have to try and maintain that family life and we're really blessed with grandparents being around. Who are helping help, out. Who are helping out, both sets. Um, but it's really hard doing this, doing the festivals mm. and, like, not like we're, like, rock stars, like, having it up, getting no, no, blurry, but, you know. but we're away from home. Exactly. We come back, the fridge is empty and 
toys are all over the house and we're like, oh, just like recovering. like you've landed off at Lunar Capsule and then you've got to, like, change somebody's nappy. And, and whereas I think for a lot, of, a lot of musicians, there's someone at home, whether that's their husband or the wife or whoever, manning the fort while they're off doing the thing. When we get home, we've both been away, so it's like, ah, it's a bit... Crazy for right. a minute. Who's going down the supermarket and stocking <laughs> up? You, you've got to get back to well, Andrew yeah. Innes from Primal Screen used to famously book himself into an hotel after he'd been on tour, round the corner from his family, and they'd come and have the tea with him for a week yeah. and see him a bit, but he'd not be at home. Yeah. So he'd kind of sort of like gradually descend into civilization. It makes sense. Yeah, though. it really, it really does. It's, it's a really great, good idea. It? I think you should try that in some sort of way. Like, yeah, but not sure how the grandparents would feel about that. Stickers in Hilton for a week. <laughs> Because that's what I was going to ask, like, because you do, you do do a lot of touring. You f- I feel like you're forever, yeah. Yeah, we're you're having busy, a little break, and then when's the best off coming out now? What date? Uh, September o- it's coming out, but October, October we're touring. Tour, and then yeah. you're touring. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it hard being away from the kids? The hardest yeah. thing was when Laura were pregnant and we were on, like, a long tour with the Libertines. And like How Laura, long, got like a month, but it became home in the middle. But it was about a month, and and Laura did a couple of dates, but then because she was pregnant, like she had, she couldn't do them all because we already had one son at that time. So my mate filled in. Now we're away from like all of them, and it was just a bit like, oh, this is hard. This. I and think it, the the most we ever want to do is for both of us is is four nights. That feels like a bit of a maximum at this at their age at this time yeah, yeah. when we're both in the band together. So that's why if there's any longer stint, we're lucky, you know, we've got a depth that can cover me and I can stay at home with the kids. Obviously, John can't really be depth, so (laughs) he has to be there. But um, You make sure it gives you an insight into the elite sports people and the elite musicians, the level of self-sacrifice that that is required to get to the very top of your game. Almost inevitably, you're going to knacker your personal life. Almost inevitably. Well, the sacrifice is all over the shop, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes about actors. Because some people go, "Oh, do you not fancy going over to America?" And well, absolutely not. If I was, someone said, "Right, you booked him for a series for like five years." When would you see your lad? You wouldn't. It would you? never happen yeah. because that's going to have a negative effect. Maybe not now, but in years to come. We yeah. go. Well, where were you during yeah. that yeah. time? Yeah. I was off doing some acting. Which is why, in a, lot, in a lot of ways, I think. Got it at a beautiful level, me. Earn a living, I work with my wife, we're relatively successful, but in a kind of mid table sort of sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you're, you're, you're happy and I'm you're happy. creating yeah. and yeah. you're it's, doing all that. We often say it actually, because I think we went through a stage when, like, we were kind of, oh, we're missing out on these opportunities and why aren't, why aren't these things happening for us? But actually, in the, like, looking at the long game, mm. It, it's worked out perfectly because we we aren't away from our kids that long. They can go to one school. They're not travelling around the world, and for us, that is I mean, the best option. My best mate from back in day were Alex, and he's in Arctic, biggest band in uh, you know from Arctic Monkeys, in yeah. biggest band in, in world arguably. Yeah, but I see the level of work and graft and dedication and sacrifice that goes into that, and it's intense, man. You know, and I think I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, but they don't have a family. You know, every, everything changes. Yeah. When the children come into mm. it, don't they? Did you find yeah. that when oh, yeah. when you yeah. first got pregnant, Laura? Yeah, and and I think when I was pregnant the first time, it all just it felt like it wasn't happening. And I was we were doing like some really big gigs when I was like seven eight months pregnant, and that was kind of that was fine. But now that we've got two, and it's 
Were you still performing was, when you yeah. were that? Yeah, I've got a great picture actually with me with a massive bump. No like, way. Going through awesome. the stage. Yeah, she looks really cool, man. It's amazing. Oh, you've got to send it to me and we can put it on yeah. when this podcast comes out. Because I, I, was, I was very like, oh, I don't know if I, you know, is it a bit weird? We've got like, there's quite a lot of young audience. Like, do they really want us to be seeing a big mum like jumping about on stage? And then I was like, actually, this it's really important that I do because... There Tom, Maddox, a lot Tom of, Maddox, weren't it? Who said it? Yeah, you. it was actually. It was our, our monitor engineer at the time, Tom Maddox, and he he was like, "Come on, like as a feminist, you've got to do it." That's it's inspiring like, for people. Yeah. Really cool and all. I think everybody saw you. were just like, "Wow, look at her! She's yeah. having it!" And just she goes mad and all on stage, and she's like shaking air about. And, like, I know because it's funny because a couple of years ago, when because we're at Kendall Calling now, and I know you're playing this afternoon. You were missed two years ago. Oh, what you, you know, sometimes you think that people go, "Oh, are you? What do you do in the band?" But I, re- I mean, it was great. Yeah. We had a great yeah. time, didn't you? Well, I did anyway because you shouted me out. Yeah. Do you remember from yeah, stage? Yeah, right. And uh, you weren't there, so it, what, there was an element of it missing. I thought it does definitely change the dynamic when Laura's not there. Like because the lad, the person who replaces her, is another fella, so it becomes then becomes five boys in a band, and it, and there's certain songs you can't really do it and if you do do it you have to like put a sampler on for Laura's bit and it it don't really work really without Laura so I think like oh. we got luckily oh this is this is already oh, turned into a very on. romantic <laughs> podcast come oh, oh, oh babe you see now this is a thing you need to do more interviews together because this is really lovely <laughs> well, I think people I like to um do stuff for because I think people you could, you could, if you see someone with a family so when you see meet somebody's mum and dad you sort of can contextualise them a bit more who, who, and, like who they are where yeah. they come from and I think yeah, when yeah. people meet Laura they're like oh John makes a bit more sense because he's, he's not this like big loud dickhead he's actually a human <laughs> being and you know what I mean I yeah. think, so it's good it's, it's a good thing did you ever think Laura like when you're in the, the latter sort of stages of being pregnant oh god I'm going to be a mum now and everything's going to change and maybe I don't want to be doing that no, because you know, people worry, don't they, about yeah, what happens after I the think, child? I think I, with the first, I think with the second, I worried because I, I worried whether we'd be able to with the childcare and how it would work out. And you know, our, our both sets of parents are amazing, but they're not twenty five anymore, and no, understandably, exactly. they have holidays and they go away, and so it, it does have to be quite managed quite carefully with two. So was, I think with one, I was less concerned. Yeah, and actually, I mean. There was two sides to it. So one side of it was our first son was born at the end of November and then we had a gig in January and I sobbed the whole way. <laughs> we, we drove, we didn't go it down, right? We yeah. said, we'll, we'll, all right, we'll stay all day and we'll just go like an hour. Be- We're only in Manchester at Victoria Warehouse. We'll, we'll just go an hour before yeah. and we'll go. A band will go and do sound check and set up and all that, and we'll just go to Manchester, get on stage, and I'll drive you back. And we'll only take an hour. You'll but be there home. was a snowstorm, so I was panicking. We were going to get stuck in um, <laughs> in Manchester, and I wouldn't be able to get back. And I'm sat in there like pumping my boobs. <laughs> You know, I've got milk flying everywhere. Emotions flying everywhere. It, oh, it's just, it just wasn't a pretty scene. Driving out snake, passing to Christie. Like, what's up? like, I can't leave him. All that, like, you know. But, but then. You know, I got months off with him, where other parents don't get to do that. Well, so that's the thing. That's what I, that's what I say. You know about yeah. doing what I do. Well, it's fits and starts. It's, like, it's feast of famine, isn't it? You know, you have that mm. massive, intense period of of being away. Hopefully, not too long. But then it's not nine to five, so you've got all. Yeah. this like I've I finished this job in another few weeks. I've got all summer off with it. There you go. 
and then he, he starts year four in September, and then I'm off. I can I can see him into year four, and oh, make sure he doesn't so have a wobble. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not rushing off the nine to five. So, and I think other thing is you can't. You know, once he's grown up, and once our kids are grown up, them moments are precious. You're not gonna you're not gonna get him again. You can't get you? him back. Richard Orley always says this to me. He's because like, he's apart from me, and maybe like. Tom Rowley, who plays with Altimum, because in Sheffield, he's one who gets my life. Like, he's got loads of spare time, but then suddenly he's really busy. And his kids are a lot older, but he's always, like, keen to impress on me and Lord. Well, Dunny always tells me and you that, Dunny. Yeah. He's like, make sure you're giving babbies some attention and you're always wee him and all that. It's, it's right, man, because, you know, what, you turn around, our, our kids starting school, it seems like two minutes ago, we were just born. And I think it's going to be 18, and them moments are the precious, aren't they? You know really what I mean? important. You want to be there, don't you? Yeah. But for, like, for you as parents, and for them, because they'll mm. remember it, you know, you forget. Yeah. Uh, they're so much more switched on than us sometimes. I'll oh, take gotcha. being rich and famous, but let's get them to, through school, and then we, then we, <laughs> then we can have it album in America, can't we? You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, look, you're not from, from Sheffield. I'm not, no. So how Busted. did you... How did, I mean, it's quite clear. I mean, your accent's kind of dodgy. <laughs> How did you two meet? Um, we met when I went to university in Leeds. Yeah. And John was going to college in uh, teaching college at that point, weren't you? That, that went well, that, didn't it? That went well. It lasted about six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Right, not for me. Um, and we met on our first <laughs> night, my first night out in Leeds. It was, you know... Oh, come out with us, a friend from Sheffield, and her boyfriend at the time was playing, ba- had been playing bass with John, and then, so I met John and Ed, was that there? Yeah, yeah and, and Ed, the guitarist, yeah. mm. uh, on my first night in Sheffield, and, and then they kind of heard that I uh, had been in a band at school and stuff, and they needed some female vocals, and that was it, really. So I, I started, we were in another band together before Reverend and the Makers, you and, and John? Yeah, and, and Ed. There were eight and of Ed. us. And two, Alex from Arctic Monkeys, Matt Elders from Arctic Monkeys, and two lads who I hadn't seen for years, but we were absolutely rubbish, weren't we? We were rubbish, weren't we? It, it wasn't the best. Like, remember Pugwall? Remember that in the 80s? That, like, where like, Orange Organics. Like, like, like my first band. One of them. A bongo player. My elders played bongos for us. Yeah, they did. It was so yeah. bad. Was it just not gelling? Just, it was like we were trying to be funky, and it was just, it was just, it was just, just, not it was just too many of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, then John and Ed ditched me, and they had another band. What happened then? Why, yeah. What happened with the ditch? We had another band called 1984, um, which were like, <clears throat> we were trying to be ganger for. <laughs> we thought we were writing to post-punk. <laughs> they were like, right, we don't, we're not, not, that, not that female, we're not human league anymore. We're not having that B-52s <laughs> girly thing. Not, no girls, it's, it's, like a, it's like a, you know, all, all fellas, we're going to be really take ourselves dead seriously. Did that for a bit, and I'm like, this is boring, man. I just, like, our old best bands from Sheffield have got girls in it historically, haven't they? Pulp, Human League. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, no, nah, we need to get Laura back. So we got Laura back, and, and it was more my thing then. Reverend, it become like more my thing, but it was still weird, who's always been in every band I've ever done, because he's my best mate. And then Laura were coming down, and eventually, like, a band formed around this new project and it kind of went from there really I guess didn't it mm, how did yeah. you feel about being asked back after being uh... I don't think I was mardy about it you know you'd you? think I would be because that is the kind of thing that would make me a bit mardy but well, yeah, no bit, it would, no one likes rejection I think do you know, <laughs> I think because I, I had a, I had I was at university at the time and I had a lot going on and so I cut yeah it just didn't really register and then I remember like in my final year and we were supporting uh, Arctic Monkeys and and they would doing this incredible gig at Blackpool Ballroom. Empress Ballroom. Empress Ballroom. Yeah. You know that's Ballroom. where I'm from. 
Right. That's a beautiful so, spot, isn't it? Incredible it's a legendary venue. Because it, it Rose's gig. Yeah, I, I I've know. been excited all my life to play it. Go on. So, incredible <laughs> gig. Like, and So, everyone's running around the corridors at this point going, oh, my God, Arctic Monkeys are on fire tonight. This is their best gig ever. I'm sitting in our dressing room, sticking and pasting to make my portfolio for my final year because it's due in the next day. What were you doing at uni? PR, it's really relevant to what I'm doing now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it all helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And John, bless him, was there cutting circles for me, not watching this gig. I was trying to woo about this. It took me two years to woo Laura. She thought I would have... Because I can I put this in a a bit of a slut, you know what I mean? So it took me a long time to persuade her that my affections for her weren't just a physical one, do you know what I mean? So as as part of my... Wooing process. I cut and pasted a lot of shit for a uni project, basically. And John jumped, still and got in a scars reservoir. on his feet, actually, from um, what? from walking home from my flat when I was saying, "No, you need to. You can't stay here. You need to go back she home." Like, she was to let me come and yeah. see her right late at night, but then. Um, but we like, just hang out, and, and then she'd make me walk, go home to me. I was stopping at my mum's because I was skinned then, and I was they were on dole at this time, and I got no money for a taxi or out. And I used to like walk home to me. My mum and dad live right at North of Sheffield, near the, on your way to Manchester, Barnsley, that way. Yeah. And uh, used to take me like it's a good hour and a half walk. So and I used to do it, I used to do it regularly. Yeah. It was like it was like I went road to Damascus. You know what I mean? Like I was like it was like she was, she's punishing me. But if I if I keep walking, then she's gonna. <laughs> and I did, she did. It worked. See, this is you getting him back for the rejection of getting dumped out of the back. There you it's go. Deep, isn't it, that? <laughs> <It's> deep <laughs> psychic you're on there, isn't it? Um, John, Laura. Thanks so much. Oh, bless Thank you. you. Enjoyed it, mate. It's been You're lovely. Both really lovely. Should we just Thank hang you. out here? Should we just Should we sack just off the gigs? Let's sack the off festival? the beer and we'll just carry on talking for a yeah. few hours. I don't mind. Let's yeah. talk and then go and see Nile Rogers. That's the one. Isn't <laughs> we just do that. <laughs> That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Right, right. Loads of love, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. And another episode is done. What lovely people. Like, they're so genuine and warm. And they are welcome back anytime for much, much longer. In fact, Laura sent me a message saying how much they'd enjoyed it and uh, that we could have chatted for hours. So maybe we'll do that next time. But if you enjoyed that and you enjoyed their music, they are on tour soon. They're doing a best of tour. It's going to be great. Um, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that came up to myself and Griff at Kendall Calling Festival. We were only there uh, Thursday, Friday recording the podcast. Um, And it was very busy. And then it got very, very rainy. So for everybody who stuck it out, um, well done. You're, you're, You're much braver than me. Now, Sunday is episode 92. I wasn't going to tell you who it was then, but I am. It's... A very different episode because I had to reformat what I normally do. And you'll understand why and I'll tell you all on Sunday. And I'll tell you also how I managed to get the King of Funk, Mr. Niall Rogers, to come and sit down and spend some time with me and a few hundred other people. So until Sunday, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been... The Two Shot Podcast. Cheers. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.